and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit cast. It's our uh, last one, and uh, this is where Brit makes his Super Bowl pick uh, with the points and or with the Santos advantage. That means uh, you add an extra 14 points, no matter who you bet on, <laughs> and you claim you won the bet, you're George Santos. Uh, I think the over-under is 50 and a half. Go ahead, take the over on that. And right now, they're giving um, giving – Kansas City a point and a half. I go ahead and take the Eagles. Swallow those that point and a half. I agree. That's all I got. That's all I got. I agree. I, I I'd go with uh, the Philadelphia's. See, the, the, since we both agree on something, run the other way. Run as fast as you possibly can the other way. <laughs> well, sp- speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of that, I definitely agree with Steve Bannon. Yeah. Who trashed. Sarah Huckabee Sanders oh, rebuttal yeah. to the State of the Union. We talked about this on the previous podcast. We uh, said how dreadful she was. And I guess Steve Bannon must have just heard us and, and ripped us off later in the afternoon on Wednesday. Uh, here's the... I believe, his re- I believe his reasons were a little different. Go ahead and go into that. Well, b- before I read the quote, I will tell you, that uh, as I was sitting there with Jane and I heard her refer to things in the past that were great, I said, she won't say Trump's name. She will not say Trump's name. It was blatantly obvious. It was so obvious. And I I said it to to Jane. So here comes Steve Ben. Quote, during Huckabee's speech, I kept saying, say his name, (laughs) say his name. It was an insult to President Trump. She does not exist politically if it was not for President Trump. I love that. I love it's great because from within crazy world and, you know, the vice president of crazy world is Steve Bannon. He is demanding that people for whom a political career for the next 30 or 40 years depends on them walking this false line of owing their existence to Donald Trump, but now not wanting to name him, but supposedly parading around with his successes and Bannon, people like that who aren't running for anything. He's, he's probably running to stay out of jail right now. And just why the fuck is he walking around? They should have thrown him in jail immediately (laughs) for, for uh, um, ignoring subpoenas and the like, but that's another discussion. Um, but it's, it's great to see this. That speech, I thought, was terrible. This is Bannon again. Yeah. It goes into the wokeism, and all that's interesting. But you got to get to the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is the debt ceiling. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to give a counter speech, you got to talk about important issues. And there is nothing that Mon Pa Kettle, over the kitchen table, want to talk about more? Bon Kettle. The debt. You talk about you talk about some shit nobody talks about anymore. Jesus Christ, my pocket. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. This wokeism is very, very important. 
but it's not quite the heart of the matter. It's not the heart of the matter. She's not, and, and the reason she's just not, she's not intellectually capable of going to the heart of the matter, right? Let's be blunt. So to review, to review, she didn't say Donald Trump's name, and she started on wokeism, which hurt his feelings. That's why the speech sucked. No, that's not really true. The speech sucked for a lot of other reasons. Right. He just well, chose two stu- into one. Yeah. He, he he just chose a bunch of really stupid ones. But yes, they, <laughs> I, I love his reasoning on that. I love this is why it sucked. This is why it sucked. This is why it sucked. It, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. And he really shouldn't be out there walking around and doing podcasts. He shouldn't. But no, and by the way, if you want to play the turnaround, like, you know, that's fine. Right. If, if everything was different and all the party affiliations were different, Steve Bannon would be in jail right now. Okay. He wouldn't oh be allowed. Oh, my God. Would he ever? Exactly. Exactly. There you go. There you go, Brad. Look at the screen, Brad. Say my name. Say Destiny's Chuck. Destiny's That's correct. But, that's but, back when they had it, four. It, but in this, in this case, it's it's really true, and and that is a completely legitimate thing to bring up. You you can't get the benefits of Trumpism and never mention his name and think you're going to get away with it. And that's the game that's being played down in Florida by Generalissimo uh, DeSantis, right? Well, refuses to, to that, say Trump's name. And, and, and she was in an impossible situation, which she completely put herself in. She wants to have all the smoke, but not the Trump, right? She wants to have all of the all of the catchphrases, all of the culture wars, all of that shit, but she doesn't want to actually say his name. And I was t- telling somebody about this. I've seen Rick Bayless's show on PBS. Sometimes in Mexico, if they want a little bit of habanero seasoning to something, they'll cut a slit in the pepper, throw it in the dish, and at the end, fish it out. So you don't get the full habanero. Ah, you can't do that with Trump. You can't just cut a little slit in his fat ass, throw it in the stew, and oh, have some of that sous hey, Could you can you change the visual on that? Could you please? <laughs> but you stop? I, I find I find Bannon's criticism to be pretty hilarious. I mean, I think it's funny because it's like it doesn't. And, and I, this is the hell that they box themselves into. Is that yes? They they need the Trump isms, but they just don't need the Trump. And there's no way to walk that line. There's just no way to do it. Brett, the policies were fantastic. <laughs> it's just that the messenger, the deliverer of that, is is not that palatable these days. So uh, uh, just just leave the the actual author out when you're when you're talking about the uh, the great material there. All right, uh, in a sincere moment on the brad and brit cast we really do wish john fetterman yeah uh a uh, a speedy back out of the hospital and no stroke and yeah. no follow-up uh he was in the hospital on wednesday and they checked him out he, apparently okay good um i just hate that I, I i just hate that for all the the uh the obvious reasons um and by the way, with that in mind, uh, apparently, and I, I catch a little of this, but oh, they are all in now on Joe Biden, one foot in the grave. And one of the ways, one of the ways that the, they're adding on is they're showing a video of him walking, uh, I think, out of the White House into his car or uh, back into his car from the Capitol, and. 
by dissecting the gait, the way he walks, the kind That's of great. shuffle, uh, there was some article years ago that said uh, when a person walks like that, they're definitely suffering Good. from dementia. There's, there's absolutely really no doubt that that's proof and and uh, my response to that would be well we already had one president who couldn't walk at all his name was roosevelt um and, well you know if and, they're doing uh, this you the, know the if they're doing thing, this right and the other thing for a dementia ridden 80 year old fossil who is uh, near death he rounded you all up republicans in a yeah. big fat lasso the other night and pulled the rope and you squealed, and he kicked your ass. So for this uh, non-ambulatory patient of hospice, he got you. So if this is the best you've got, he's that's doing it. pretty well. If, if that's what they're talking about following that speech, then he won. Yes. That's a Joe Biden win. Yeah. That, that, he that smacked their be- asses ups one side, down the other. When the Speaker of the House has to shh his entire caucus, his entire, his people. Yeah. You know, you know, it's their fuck. All right. Uh, here's some other things I have on the, the list here. You got to know white trash to call white trash, white trash. Oh, that's fair. Um, Mike Lee, hometown takedown hilarity. Yeah. Burt Bacharach. Yeah. Stand back and stand by was music to the Proud Boys' ears more than we even thought. Jeez. And a red flag warning on Generalissimo DeSantis. Um, do the Burt Bacharach, one of the great songwriters and producers of our time, has passed away. Go ahead and give us uh, the Burt Bacharach. Well, I've, uh, people are pretty uh, familiar with, with his work. And another, this is another one of these guys that did this for about 70 years. Right. <laughs> um, we I mean, can't, but we can't, you and I can't, uh, uh, we can't imagine or just take for granted everybody who's listening to this was born before 1980. I have a test. I have a test on this. Uh, uh, my daughter Daphne called uh, today on okay. an unrelated matter to that. And uh, she asked me, well, what are you doing? And I happen to have been, sitting in front of my iPad and I was reading a, an article about Burt Bacharach. And I said, or I said, well, I'm, I'm reading here about Burt Bacharach. He, uh, I don't know if you know. Who, oh, I know who that, I absolutely yeah. know. Who, so now that, to, Daphne's to always been Daphne's a very musical person and has exactly. been involved, but, but still 33 years old. So, you know, that's my da- Daphne is somewhat of a musicologist and has been her entire life. Really. She's, yeah. she's been into that stuff. And yeah, a lot of people don't know, but, but it's a, I mean, it's it's a fa- it's a fascinating look. Yeah, a, I mean, he, he's one of those people, and, and he, he, there are few left, who came out of the Brill Building there in in New York City, right? Uh, Carol King and Neil Sedaka, and, yeah. and uh, you know, all all these people that were just writing on the uh, Lieber and Stoller, all, all yeah. the great hits of the of the Phil Spector. There, you know, they were all there, and. Um, yeah, his the, the best thing that ever happened to Burt Bacharach early on was uh, finding out there was this this woman who was singing backup named Dionne Warwick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did okay with her. And how how you pick out someone like that? Because you know when you watch anybody performing these days, any rock, they always have a lot of backup singers, and clearly you just don't walk in off the street for that gig. And some of them 
are, of course, fantastic. Some emerge and others you, you never hear of again, but uh, Dion Warwick. Um, uh, I always, the, what, I always what, like the, the, the first, the, you know, the first chapter of his career, he writes with Hal David. So if he, he just did that and that's it. Still huge, massive, unbelievable Hall of Fame career, right? And then he finds this Carol Bayer Sager person. Oh my God! Michael Jordan found Scottie well, Pippen, right? Wait, wait. Hold- that, that's after he. I don't know how the divorce came about. That's after he had 15 years with uh, Angie Dickinson. Yeah, which you know that's thumbs up. Yeah, there, and by the way, this is during prime Angie Dickinson years. Thumbs two, two thumbs up. <laughs> so yeah, this I mean is during just- Angie Dickinson on a Bob Hope special, those um, years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, our material written for Aretha Franklin, Dusty Springfield, Tom Jones, Elvis Presley, the Beatles, and Sinatra, among the countless artists who covered his songs. More recently, White Stripes, Twista, oh, and Ashanti. Jesus. I know uh, when I was, you know, when I was starting out as a baby disc jockey at WP and F and Brevard, they had the Joel Whitburn top 40 book that you would just re- sure. read through because you were not wanting to listen to smooth jazz and big band music. I think the very first Burt Bacharach and Hal David number one was This Guy's In Love With You. I believe that was the first number one that they uh, ever had as a songwriting duo. There Um, you are. Sung by the least likely person to ever sing a song on a Burt Bacharach, (laughs) Hal David tune, Herb Albert. Herb Albert. And he would never describe himself as blowing things than singing things. Right. And Herb Albert, to his credit, as a man who knows music, sang about two percent of everything he recorded right he, he put vocals his own vocals on almost none of his music so he knew what was going on but uh he's one of the he's one of the one of the greats no no question go. about it no no question about it uh all right stand back and stand by music yeah. to the ears of the power boys who were listening when trump said that at that uh you know, it was it was at a debate, wasn't it? Wasn't that where he said that? Uh, well, they asked him a question about uh, the Proud Boys and what their involvement. He said, "Hey, my message to the Proud Boys: stand back and stand by." Okay, all right. Yesterday, in the trial of the five Proud Boys charged with seditious conspiracy, they say they were energized after Trump told them to stand back and stand by. Yeah, here it is during. The debate in uh, September of 2020. Uh, after Trump made his statements, Proud Boys sent a flurry of messages to a group on Telegram, a group chat called Official President's Chat, which included the other defendants. The messages celebrated Trump for name dropping the group, saying it was a clear message to remain steady to take action. In a different chat called Skull and Bones, <laughs> populated with proud boys elders one person wrote we're bigger than jesus oh so it was okay when john lennon said it but the proud boys can't say well man john lennon took a little bit of shit for when he said it too but he was really joking boys we are the number one media point from the largest debate that's ever been seen or heard in the history of the world three billion people heard our name Stand back and stand by and the other four billion don't have a tv ha, ha, ha. <laughs> So this is part 800 of things we thought were true 
that turn out to be true, that turn out to be the man who has no fingerprints getting away with stuff. Donald Trump, no fingerprints. No well, it does follow directly, no email, no direct orders. But there it, it does. Is. It does follow a pattern. You remember that after Charlottesville, when he came back and did the both sidesism bullshit after Charlottesville, oh, same they were they were posting on their message boards. That was nothing. He's with us. Yeah. This has been going on. It went on in his entire presidency and even before and certainly after that. He's giving he's giving fuel to this fire and he can deny it. His supporters can deny it. I've always said not every Trump supporter is a racist, but pretty much every racist is a Trump supporter. You can make that statement pretty easily. And the same is true. Just substitute the term white supremacist. Substitute the term neo-Nazi. Substitute the term Nazi. Not every Nazi. You know, not every Trump supporter is a Nazi, but pretty much every Nazi is a Trump supporter. Let me ask you the question. Isn't the uh, suffix neo a way to diminish or Possibly. take the harshness out of what people are doing? I mean, were there neo-Nazis in Germany in the, the 1930s? No, they were they were Nazis. Well, that's why. I, I, why, why with the I, separation? I yeah, I, I know for law enforcement, there's some sort of usefulness in, in terms of like separating ideology and these people believe in this, but they don't believe in this. There, I know there's something to it, but I don't know exactly what it is. Yes, at its core, it's the same basic stuff. It's the I hate Jews and pure race and they're trying to get rid of white people and all that shit. It's that stuff. You know, the stuff that Tucker Carlson says every I'm night on picking. Fox. I'm just I'm just nitty picking. <laughs> nitty picking here. All right. Uh, the Mike Lee hometown takedown hilarity show is is rocking here. This is, this right. is good stuff. All right. So uh, Mike Lee is from uh, Utah. He is the senior senator. Mitt Romney is the junior senator. Uh, and they don't do it by age. They do it by who's been in the office the longest. Mike Lee must be in about his, what, third or fourth term. He's been around for. He has. For a long time. He has. And uh, there's a uh, paper in Salt Lake City. It's a weekly. It's probably a liberal rag <laughs> called the Salt Lake City Weekly. Senator Mike Lee and Chinese spy balloons are both full of hot air. Uh, the name of the writer is John Saltus. And I'll... Move right to the middle. Mike Lee is a creep. I've shared many a cocktail with creeps. I know creeps. My problem with Lee isn't that he is a creep. It's that he never picks up the tab. Oh. So, remember, Mike Lee was one of the first guys to, in all capital letters, as soon as we found out about the balloon, he was one of the first guys to tweet out in, in giant capital, shoot down the balloon. Yeah. So, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene, followed in and uh, assumedly they even thought well maybe you should just go out and shoot it yourself it seemed like such a good idea at the time for republicans and their supplicants and right-wing media to rally around the idiotic notion that because biden didn't pull the trigger within minutes of the discovery of the balloon he was unfit to lead not like say former president trump whom they claimed would have taken swift action against the giant white thingy but since the balloon was brought down without incident 
other than the silly carping from the PR wing of the Chinese Communist Party and Republicans. It's the same thing now these days, I guess. And since it was revealed that there were similar balloon flyovers during Trump's presidency, Lee has been moderating his tone. Indeed, his most recent tweet reads, I didn't see this. President Biden, I'm sorry for being an opportunist asshat. You had more information and you reasonably wanted our military to glean any and all useful data from it before it fell. You even considered that rash actions might hurt innocent Americans on the ground. Jump in any time. I laud your decision and await your arms, your call to arms against our common enemy, the wind. Of course he didn't say that. Of course he didn't say that. <laughs> um, but that's the column from uh, this guy in the, the uh, Salt Lake City uh, weekly paper. But that's, that's only half of it. Because Mike Lee is right at the front of the bullshit parade on Social Security and Medicare as the Republicans would fuck it up and wreck it if they, quote, had their way, unquote. You know, we have a really a, an 80 year history of conservatism making it their main goal to get rid of uh, first Social Security and they couldn't get rid of that for the first, what, 30 years of its existence. Then in 1964, uh, 65, President Johnson, with a gigantic majority in Congress, got Medicare passed. Yeah. Right. So it never stopped. It never no. stopped. And, of course, there are all these just horrendous recordings of Ronald Reagan oh, Jesus. Uh, talking about this is communism. This is basically communism. Yeah, right? socialized medicine. He was taking a paycheck from the uh, from yeah. folks, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, so here's Mike Lee. All these years later, um, and the other night when Joe Biden was just garroting and trapping and tricking the Republicans into agreeing that uh, we're not going to touch medicare and social security which of course turned into the next day saying we never said we wanted to you we never did we have never ever won not one of us not a one of us and you know the list of current republican office holders who right. are on the record there right. are recordings of them there right. are writings by them led by uh, rick scott Batboy, senator from florida who put out this paper and he can argue all he wants. Well, this was just a draft. This didn't matter. I, we weren't going to act on this. I was never for cutting Social Security. You know what? Then don't write that shit down in a draft. Don't what write was it, it down as a consideration. Don't. What write was it? it? Why? Yeah. Why was it put to paper? If it wasn't something that was to be taken seriously, I'm not sure why you had it put on paper and distributed it. Because he meant it. <laughs> it's very simple. Now, was it ever going to become the? entire idea of the republican party to embrace this probably not but sorry if you're going to try to hang now for what we're in about the fifth year of defund the police around every walking democrat because one idiot not even in a draft i mean i think somebody farted in a bathroom somewhere and and said <laughs> it, it sounded like and it sounded like the fund the police and and right if you're going to pull that yeah. out, and we, we talk about this. Republicans are really good at that shit. 
Okay. Well, guess what? You met your match, Joe Biden. He's been in the business 50 years. He knows how to do this better than you do. And he's doing it and they can't stand it. So the recording of Mike Lee, as he was running for Senate, because this video of him, he's clearly a lot younger in this video than he is now. But he is proud, proud, proud to tell you exactly what he would do if he were ever elected senator. And contrast that with him grimacing the other night um, with <laughs> with just just pain. Uh, Biden was was uh, was taking him out. Here you go. Be my objective to phase out Social Security, nice. to pull it up by the roots and get rid of it. <laughs> Got it. Was that somebody? And that was somebody that was recording him at one of those luncheons or something. Uh, yeah, but you could hear what he was saying. Oh no, but it sounded. It had a. It had that vague, similar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, that but, Mitt but, Romney thing, where Mitt Romney but, admits that. Uh, Republicans think that they're a bunch of freeloaders out there and they'll never be able to get anything with them. So, again, when people show you who they are, believe them. Right. And this is now, the same. Now, now what, isn't, it, isn't it worth it to have that? Well, sure. Because we're not making this shit up. No. We're, we're not it's, making this shit up. The, and, again, contrast that with the incredulous Mike Lee on State of the Union night. I can't believe. What is he talking about? What, what, what the fuck you, is he saying? You can't have it both ways. <laughs> no, you, you you can't have it both ways. He he doesn't even have the smarts to say, you know what? Own up to it. I I did say that. I was wrong. I've been in the Congress, I've been in the Senate for twelve or eighteen years, whatever whatever it is. And I've certainly come to realize the importance of maintaining these programs as they are and figuring out the best way to he can't do that. No. He just has to lie. He just has to lie and say that Joe Biden is distorting the issue. That's what That's, they've got. Then that, but then again, like I said, there have been a lot of a lot of media outlets that have been happy to show side by side stuff like that. Now, obviously, not not Fox, but other ones have been able to show that and demonstrate. Oh no, they've clearly said it. Now we can have the debate about whether it was bluster or they were just jacking off to their constituents or whatever. But there's they've no debate said about it. that. It's not bluster. It's not jacking. You don't. You don't say that. Hey, well, hey, Britt. A- uh, how much money does your your mother get per month? Hey, I'm gonna cut it in half. <laughs> That's funny. That's good stuff. <laughs> Pretty Plus, funny. Just joking. As yeah. you point out, as you point out, there's a pattern year after year after year of these people trying to kill this thing, and this fits in very nicely with it. This yeah, this well, fits in perfectly with it. Well, look, you know, it's called the third rail for for a reason. Yeah. And you you touch it at your own at your own peril. And because they don't negotiate in good faith, uh, because the basis of uh, this so-called negotiation that they demand out of the president and the Democratic Party is at the end of a gun barrel. A nice economy you had there, United States. Be terrible if something happened to it, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, you can't it's, negotiate with people like that. 
A lot of those same arguments that they made back in the 60s against Medicare, they were making against Obamacare because you would put them side by side of socialized. And you can see now that we've had Obamacare for all of these years. I think the pharmaceutical companies are doing okay. The healthcare companies are doing okay. The health insurance companies. I think they, they've still been fairly profitable, haven't they, Brad? There are fewer people percentage-wise uninsured in this country than there have ever been. In what the a disaster. It's what a disaster that is. How terrible is that for us? Right. And <laughs> uh, I believe we're about in year, so we would be in about year 15 or so yeah. of the Republican health care plan alternative yes. to Obamacare, to the big yeah. government takeover of, of health care and the government coming between you and your doctor. But the Republican plan is we could have a, we could have a dropout longer than it took me to get that clip together. <laughs> well, you know how, how Obama has won. They don't even talk about repealing it anymore because they were obsessed with repealing it for like 10 years. They were oh, just, really? Oh, we have to, we got to, they don't even, now they're talking about anything but repealing Obamacare. Right. Well, cause you got to move on to the, uh, to the bigger stuff. And, and maybe it just maybe occurred to them, as smart as Republicans are. Now they're brilliant people. Most of them. Sure. Some of them are brilliant people. Yeah. Um, I believe the, uh, the like nine out of the top 10 States uh, percentage wise of people using the uh, Obamacare exchanges are red States. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just true. It's just true. It's, just, it's way more important to find a way to keep those gas stoves in people's homes. You know, that's what they've had to shift to. And the M&Ms are whores. We have to go with that. Well, so I don't can't. think they've had the hearings on gas stoves yet on, on what in city. Oh, yeah, no, they're working on it. Did we did we get to say the term pussy ass bitch on, on yesterday's podcast? I, I'm trying to remember if we yeah, did we or did. not. Okay. We did. I, 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 it came as a uh, yeah. as a notification at. at at about two, two oh five, that uh, yeah. they just talked about it. Now, did, and, did Trump retort on social on Truth Social that he never had a problem? Didn't even see the tweet. Doesn't know who Chrissy Teigen even is. No, but by drawing attention to something, right now, right that has been long forgotten, if it was ever really known that much, is the ultimate self own the ultimate shoot oneself in the foot isn't it to, mm. to bring up something mm. because re remember what that story is the story is and this is in the midst of hearings on wednesday to uh, prove that twitter was uh, in the tank uh on behalf of democrats to squash uh the hunter biden story and never allow the new york post version of it to run and that's just proof that uh twitter is a is a left-wing cabal, or certainly was until a great man, Elon Musk, took it over um, back in that era. And remember, this tweet from Chrissy Teigen was demanded to be taken down by the Trump administration. Mm. So which party, which ideology is it that wants to bend Twitter in their direction? for a more favorable take which who whose hearing is this exactly designed to expose it exposed 
the Republican yeah. Party and right. Trump for being right. the ones who were intervening with Twitter or trying to. It, it, it just was because when you heard the person from Twitter testifying on Wednesday, they said that basically that this, this wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. this, this just was not a thing. Not the, the Chrissy Teigen tweet, but the whole Hunter Biden laptop. It, it was, it was a, not a thing. It just yeah. fell flat. That's right. Which, of course, what does that mean? Well, they need to have 10 more hearings, right? Right. And how that works. The, and you get, you've got a lot of Democrats without a lot of experience that are on these committees that are just clowning these people. I mean, they are just walking the dog on people like Jim Jordan. <laughs> it's really kind of in another life. I would feel sorry for him. He's getting clowned so badly. He's getting owned so badly. But again, to a nicer guy, it could not happen. All right. Uh, last one. Red flag warning on uh, Generalissimo DeSantis. Generalissimo right. DeSantis. How does that call him? Uh, Ron DeSanctimonious. Yeah. Uh, it's a column I read this morning by a New York Times columnist. Her name is Pamela Paul, P-A-U-L. And it is a flat-out, well-reasoned warning to all of us that we are making the same mistakes with Ron DeSantis in 2023 that we made with Donald Trump in 2015 and 2016. This guy is too horrible for the American people to even think about electing he's just as bad as there is no way he's picking fights he's saying aberrant things like trump did he's going after the media he's going after democratic politics uh this time it's critical race theory uh it's dr fauci it's a, it doesn't and we're sitting here freaking out over all this stuff that he does and saying, this is so stupid. Who's going to, well, it's not that simple. It's, it's not that simple. Uh, the point in the column is yes, he may resemble uh, Trumpy kinds of approaches to things, but when you put them side by side and uh, you remember that the Donald Trump is a hundred percent phony in that he isn't even well-educated. He didn't really go to the Wharton School of Finance. He faked his way, probably through his old man, donating money to the University of Pennsylvania. So he really does not have an Ivy League degree at all. He probably doesn't really have a college degree, for all we know. And then this idea that, you know, he's street smart. He's Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah that's it. Well, yeah and no. Yeah and no problem is that Ron DeSantis doesn't have to pretend at all because he really did go to Harvard and he really did get in the hard way. I think he was like a high school baseball player, a decent athlete and uh, went to the Navy after he graduated from Harvard. And then he went to Harvard law school. Okay. And he, he didn't get in because of his old man. So we're not dealing with the same kind of person here. Now, clearly 
DeSantis doesn't have the, the same kind of uh, performance skills that that Trump does. We, we understand that. But you have to assume that he is much more conscious of, of, of what he's doing than Trump ever was. You know, Trump, Trump was like a Trump was like an animal. OK, mm-hmm. I mean, your dog wants to eat the same will eat the same food every day. They will. They're good with it. They just do they're habitual. They do the same things all the time. And if, if they like it, they definitely come back for more. And that's what Trump has been doing all these years. Right. Anything we're seeing him doing now or in the last eight years, he did 20 years ago or 30 years ago in another thing. Right. It's true. He, he what, Trump, what Trump wanted was the trappings of the office. He wanted to fly on Air Force One. He wanted people to kiss his ass and rise and play Hail to the Chief when they came in the room, all that stuff. On t- pretty much from there, anybody else who wanted him to do anything could just pile it on there as, he, as long as he got to do that stuff. As long as he got to push the button on his desk and got a Diet Coke, he was fine with whatever. So as, as we sit back and roll our eyes at uh, sending the migrants up to Martha's Vineyard, or you know, going after Disney and uh, the, uh, the, the anti-woke bullshit, the rest of it, we can roll our eyes and say, that, well, this is never going to play across the country. And the quick answer to that is, well, he did win Florida by 20 points. And Florida is not a plus 20 Republican state. It didn't shift that radically. <laughs> it really didn't. Um, so that means he got a lot of votes, the column points out. He got a lot of votes from people who, while they may not specifically agree point by point with everything that Ron DeSantis is doing, when he brings up in a more general sense that the parents seem to have been shut out of the educational process and their kids may be learning or being taught things that the, they might not be so comfortable with, that rings true across the board. And Democrats have to be smart enough to be able to engage in this in an intelligent way besides saying things like, well, just leave transgender kids alone. Leave them alone. That's not going to do it. That's not going to cut it. Not going to work. You got to have an intellectual argument to beat this shit back. Um, and, and that's the point. That's the point. Uh, moral superiority by the rest is not going to work here. And uh, DeSantis is the most dangerous man in America. I agree. Right now. I would argue he is the most dangerous man in America. And we got to be looking out for this real, real fast. And you do have to imagine him on a debate stage with Joe Biden, who really does bring you know, Scranton Joe to the fore when he needs to and is a good debater and a good arguer. And you know, he knows how to, to hold himself up. Can Ron DeSantis, can he survive under the the harsh lights of a, of a national campaign and debates and the rest? We don't know. We don't know. Um, he's had a pretty easy time of it in Florida. Um, but we have to really be on our, we have to be on our toes for this guy. He's, he's plotting and scheming, and he's got a lot of money already. He's got a lot of money already. He does. He does. To make a go of it. So that's the point. That's the point of the column. It's Pamela Paul in the New York Times. And the the, uh, the living Koch brother has pledged uh, his money against Donald Trump, right? I think a lot of people 
if they they haven't explicitly started to give money to other uh, candidates, they're not giving it to Trump right now. Now we'll turn that around and go back to our our playbook here, which consists of, um, yeah, that may be true right now, but if in the primaries too many Republicans do run and they split the vote, and Trump wants that so that he emerges with his you know, 35% again and starts winning primaries, it'll be amazing how fast the money will flow back towards Trump. You know, the candidate who never needed to raise any money because he was so rich. I guess that just doesn't get brought up anymore, does it? It's just self-financed. So that's what that guy is. We don't need to bring that up anymore, right? We have to (laughs) actually argue that because Ron DeSantis has 80 million in the bank and, you know, Trump has money left over that he scammed from people you know, after uh, January 6, 2021, remember, what was that fund that he, he set up, the, the uh, presidential restoration fund? It's a bullshit. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. It's all scams. The, one that, the, the, the fine print said 99% of this money goes to Donald Trump. 1% goes to what you think it's going for. Um, and the thought is that he'll still have this, this large reservoir of small donors. And by the way, just in while we were uh, speaking this hour, uh, he's officially been restored to Facebook and Instagram. He's back there, which could be um, a big boon for him because. But I think his, I think, but I believe his contract with social, that stupid thing that he signed, uh, it, it prohibits him from going on other social media sites. So no matter if they've done that, I still think he's, he has to keep all of his shit on, on social to get the money or on true social to get the money. Uh, you think he's going to follow the rules? Whatever well, I mean, if, if he wants to, they'd be happy not to pay him. I'm sure they'd be happy if he breaks the contract, but I would like to see that. That'd, that'd be does, fantastic. He doesn't give a shit about Truth Social. Please, not. <laughs> what would you like? Uh, two billion people or a couple of million? Hmm. You know, he's been able to keep it off. He's been able to keep it in his pants as far as Twitter goes, which is tremendous, which is really great discipline for donald john trump senior but we'll see how this goes yep yep um it's just something to think about here you know well the the narrative that you poked holes in that the you're talking about was that what they try to tell you about DeSantis is oh they love him in florida oh my god he's so popular in florida oh he's just the best and that's 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 not true that's not what's happening well, it may not be true, but you, you'd be hard-pressed to argue with somebody who wins an election by 20 points, a governor's yeah. election in a state like that by 20 points. In other words, I don't like DeSantis that much, but, you know, that thing he said about that, I did agree with it, and, and it's it's good enough. Okay, all right, okay. Uh, and... Uh, another point that's made in this column, and again, we are sitting here in the rest of the country post-COVID, and we remember what the news was out of Florida, which was at the beginning, they had a ton of death there. They had a lot of death, mm-hmm. especially among older people, because, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's like robbing the bank. That's where the money was. A lot of, And uh, that somehow wasn't tagged onto... DeSantis the way it was on say Andrew Cuomo in New York and uh, at the beginning DeSantis was all in on uh, reasonable precautions wearing masks and he was all in on getting vaccinated early on and then he decided to do a 180 
did a 180. And he thought, well, here's my opening. Here's my chance to be different. Here's my chance to be the Uncola. And uh, we're just not going to go the way of shutting schools or, or businesses. We're going to even remember they passed laws that did not allow but Miami Beach, I think, was the place. Yeah. Miami Beach was not allowed to demand that people wear masks. You know, right. all, all this right. kind of stuff like that. And uh, what happened was, I think the columnist points this out. Other people will tell you the same thing. They did travel to Florida during that era. And in Miami-Dade County, which was reliably Democratic for a long time, it stayed open. Everything was still going on. And even people that you knew were not DeSantis-type people, they were satisfied that they were able to keep living their lives. Now, I think now that the numbers are all in, Florida didn't really do that great. <laughs> they didn't do that great. But it doesn't matter. It's the perception exactly. that is going to be uh, thrown out there that while you were sitting in your house cowering, people in Florida were living their lives. 